Well, hello everybody. Welcome to And What Do You Do? Just in case this is your first time listening, if you've just stumbled across this episode, then uh, you're very welcome, of course. Uh, but just a little explanation of what this is. It couldn't really be simpler. I am Ed, and I talk to people about what they do. That really is it. This episode I'm talking to Antonio, who is an architect, who uh, comes from Italy but lives in London, and we just have a chat uh, about what that means. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, well, once again, I've got a guest with me, but tell me, who are you and what do you do? I'm Antonio. I'm an architect. I've been living and working in London for the past four years and a half, but I'm Italian, originally from the south of Italy, but I lived in the north most of my life before moving to London. And um, yeah, and now I'm working here in a company called The Master Practice as an architect, uh, yeah. So tell me a little more because, I mean, architecture is such a big range. Do you, do you have a specialization? Do you do something in particular? Yeah, well, basically, we, um, I would say that the main core of the practice is residential buildings. Uh, we are currently working on like a couple of, um, actually, yeah, a couple of uh, big schemes in um, London, um, two residential blocks. And but we got um, um, we are designing a tower in Gibraltar as well. That's I would say that is the is the main core. But we do as well like uh, offices. Um, uh, we are designing uh, the German embassy. Um, so you know we got different. Um, we work on different um, areas. I am currently leading the the. The residential block in uh, Hammersmith, and um, yeah, uh, before joining the master practice, I was working in uh, smaller companies, mainly uh, you know like uh, refurbishments of high-end private houses in South Kensington, Chelsea. But um, after a couple of years, I wanted to change. I wanted to, in a way, level up you know, join a bigger company and working on bigger projects. It's challenging for different reasons, but I think that that's the, um, that's my field. I feel like now that I'm I'm where I want to be. When you're designing something like a, as you say, like a residential block, how much freedom do you have? I mean, presumably there's the, there's the need for, you know, building, obviously something that people can live in. Yeah. So there's a sort of foundation of, of I guess, constraints. Hmm. But how much leeway that is there to uh, to sort of let your creative side um, take over? Hmm. That's a good question, actually. I would say that that depends. Uh, it depends on, for example, the, the project that I'm working on. It's, it's called a Design and Build. Design and build means that um, you don't actually, for example, um, there was an architectural company that designed the building and submitted the planning application. And after that, the client, let's say, um, chose us to do the delivery. That means that 
we are not designing that building. We are just um, bringing, let's say, that building through the construction phase. So, for example, in this case, uh, in this project, um, sure. we are not, let's say, designing anything because everything has been designed already. We are just constructing. We are just producing like the construction drawings. But thank God that's not always the case. And so when we design something, when we design a building, we design a block, a tower, whatever, it's a complicated process where there are like different actors involved. Because of course the first, you know, first of all there is the budget. And then there is, uh, you know, the brief that uh, the client uh, gives us. And then there is, uh, you know, the, 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 there is the, 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 the you know, there are the, the building regulations. And then there is the, uh, uh, you know, the site constraints. And uh, so it's, um, it's like a puzzle in a way where basically you need to, you know, try to accommodate let's say all the requests and uh, to finalize the design so i think that is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a myth uh, let's say the, the 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 idea of you know architects you know drawing something trying inspiration from i don't know whatever and you know the, sketch something on a, on a piece of paper right. that, that becomes later a building it's <laughs> That's like a dream, uh, but no, it's not. It's not the case, actually. Yeah. And you said you, you you're from Italy. When you came over, was it easy to adjust? I mean, building regulations will be different, of course, and and I do appreciate, of course, the the working language is different. But is there a sort of common community amongst architects around the world? Um, to be honest, I would say that even like building regulations are not that different uh, between Italy and England, UK, or the, like the design process as well, the design coordination as well, is pre- pretty much similar. I mean, there's nothing completely different or, um, uh, for me, the, the main challenge was basically, you know, English, let's say, you know, all the technical words. Right. That is different from, you know, just knowing English. It, it's, it's not just knowing English, it's, you know, uh, the knowledge of all the technical work that you know, I didn't have, but not about like um, I didn't struggle um, doing the the actual you know uh, workflow because that's 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 pretty much the same. Um, you know names are different. Um, you know the actors involved are called in a different way, but actually the process I would say is the same. You know there's always like a planning application that you need to submit to the council wait i don't know four weeks eight weeks that depends and then you start you know the the tender process uh, you know you submit the tender drawings to different contractors they come back with you know they their tenders and uh, you choose one of them most sure. likely the cheapest and then you know there's the there's the contrast the um, uh, construction phase so that's pretty much the same. It, in Italy, is the same. What I, what is different is that in Italy, uh, it's really hard to build something new. Right. Uh, it's always a refurbishment of something. 
here in London, because you know I work and live in London, it's um, uh, for example, I would say that like all the I think that all the projects that are in, in the company now that you know we are working on uh, as a company are uh, new buildings. That's something that in Italy is really really hard to have because it's a it, it, it's always a refurbishment of something. Right. So that's I would say maybe the main difference. And within the company, um, well, I said I guess my question is really just: Do architects try and be able to do everything, or do they specialize? I mean, for instance, you know, do you get to the stage where somebody says, "Oh, lobbies, right? That's we need to get Antonio because he he's the one that knows about that," or you know, we've got something with yeah, some strange yeah. staircase. Let's get Jeff. Right. There are there there are some people in the company specialized in uh, uh, you know a particular field. Or something. Let's say we got um, three, four people that do just um, inter the, the interior design, right. and there are a couple of people specialized in construction details. Otherwise, uh, I would say there's. Um, there are people that are like project leaders and they've got the experience to follow the, uh, the project throughout the uh, throughout all the phases so let's say from planning application from from planning to completion of course if there's uh, if there is a really specific knowledge uh, for something whatever for example i don't know we need to draw a really specific detail for a Really complicated facade. Uh, we can always rely on you know, external resources uh, if there's no one in the company that knows that, because you know the the field is so vast sure. that it's I would say it's really really it's almost impossible to know you know everything to know all the details all the so of course you can always like if if there's something new and there's no one in the company that you know uh, has done that before or as the knowledge, you know, we can always rely. We can always uh, hire or uh, ask for, you know, an, an external consultancy. So, so yeah. You, you talk about bringing in consultants, but I, I presume that sometimes that's not always your choice. That you have to work with other people, whether you know, maybe because you're doing something oh, yeah. very specific in heritage. But you, you'd mentioned working on an embassy. And I was thinking there must be things like that where there are, you know, specific security concerns. Oh yeah, yeah. But in in that case, there's always like a consultant. Uh, um, sorry, um, a consultant that if there is a if there is a building, you know, if we are designing a building with a specific requirement of, I don't know, for example, as you said, security. Sometimes there is a specific like uh, a consultant, you know, an, an external company that you know specialized in. Security system, let's say. So sure. they they design uh, all the uh, all the security layout, let's say, the system. Or sometimes there is a um, a guide, for example, that we need to follow. That guide, for example, is something that the the client has because you know, like they, uh, if if we work, for example, for a for a big developer, most likely. That developer has already like a guide uh, for all the 
you know, new blocks, for example, if it's a uh, if it's a developer that uh, works in uh, residential, that we need to follow. Right. So sometimes we got like it's in the brief in a way, or if it's something really specific uh, like security, can be an external uh, company that does that. We just incorporate their design in our architectural design. Right. I've asked this question of, of quite a few people, but, but I'm interested to, to hear what you, you have to say. Let's say that money was no object, um, time was no object, anything like that. Any resource you want is available to mm. you. What would a dream project for you be? Mm. What would you want to create? Um, you say like a sector, you mean like the specific building, like, I don't know. Uh, An- anything you want, anything you want at all. I would say that from an, from like, um, um, like a challenging and interesting point of view, I would say maybe a church. Okay. Because if you think about, um, because if you think about the uh, history of architecture, most of the, when you study, you know, at uni history, you basically study, uh, cathedrals. Right. Okay. Churches. The history of architecture is basically history of, churches and cathedrals and uh, because you know when you design a cathedral from scratch you know let's say that is you know it's a, it's a brand new building someone gives you the, the, the opportunity to to design a cathedral uh, you know, uh, it's not just about architecture no it's about like the the the, the, the you know the, the history it's about the community that is gonna, you know, use that church plus something that is spiritual. So uh, I would say that like cathedrals and museums, okay, as well, because you know museums are in a way these magic boxes where the box of uh, something from the past, you know. So you need to always. When you design a museum in a, you know, in nowadays, uh, you always need to, maybe you are designing, you are creating something contemporary, but on the other hand, on the other hand, you need to try to link it with what's inside the museum that maybe something, you know, from the middle age. And so there's this chart that needs to be uh, done between, the, you know, Temporary building, let's say, and something inside that is uh, ancient, that is really interesting, I think. And bringing it back down to earth for a little bit, in your current job, what I mean, what's the most difficult thing about it, or, or the most challenging thing day to day? Most challenging thing, I would say, basically, uh, we are the uh, leading architects and the our main job now is to coordinate all the consultants. Right. And, and there are like eight, nine, ten different consultants. So I think that the main challenge now is to coordinate the consultants within the, the program that we have that is pretty tight. The program is done by the client that is this big developer. And if something is, you know, if there is a delay, most of the time, they're gonna blame the architects. Okay. And so, and so that's the 
we'll say that that's now the, the main challenge. The building is, is ready on site. They are, you know, they, they are building it. Uh, now there is just the structure, basically, uh, columns, beams, and uh, slabs. But, you know, as I said, yeah, the, the, the program is really tight and there are a lot of uh, actors involved. That's, that's, that's challenging. And, uh, well, to, keep <laughs> to, make, to make sure we've got something fun as well, uh, I, mean, I mean, what's the best part of being an architect? Well, the best part of being an architect is when you see when the building or when whatever, you know, you've been designed, it's done. When you see something, uh, when you, you know, when you, basically we, you know, if you think about architects, in a way we, you know, we, we shape uh, everything, no? Because, you know, the, the, the cities are you know, full, of, full of buildings and buildings are done by architects. And so if I think that, you know, I'm, I'm shaping a little area of London in a way with that building, that's incredible. That's, magic in a way it's like it's, uh, you know I'm really proud of when you when you see the building done right it's there and the people living and creating uh, you know a new area with uh, life it's uh, it's it, that's I would say that is um, is the you know the best feeling of being an architect have you ever been to somewhere Again, just in terms of architecture, have you ever visited somewhere and, and found it, you know, a city or maybe something on a small scale really inspiring? I mean, I'm coming back to the fact that you're from Italy and, you know, I've been to Italy a couple of times and some of the places I've been architecturally have just been amazing places. But do you get that feeling? Have you been to somewhere and just found it really, again, just with your architect head on? Just a really inspiring mm. place, or really interesting, or I suppose I'm going to even modify my question: Have you have you been to some place and thought, in terms of architecture, this place is just this just doesn't work at all? You can see what they were attempting, but it hasn't worked. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I uh, a city that I love. Uh, it's um, is Berlin. Okay, I think that Ber- Berlin is an. Uh, it's an amazing city to visit if you're if you're an architect, let's say. Well, if, even if you're not, but especially if you're an architect, because the you know basically Berlin was completely destroyed after the Second World War and rebuilt. So all the old buildings, let's say, are well, most of the buildings are contemporary. So it's basically you know an open air museum. From con- for contemporary architecture, sure, and it's uh, that's that's crazy. A place that I don't know. I think that is overrated, or I think that doesn't work. Or uh, in a way, unfortunately, I would say that in London there are a lot of places that doesn't that that don't work. You know, to better explain this, I would say that. There is a lot of like uh, there are a lot of uh, amazing buildings in in London, from you know contemporary buildings, but not not just contemporary buildings. But the problem that I see now in London, unfortunately, and I mean I say this even if I'm working for you know sure, sure. side, that, you know uh, dark side, let's say, is that 
there are a lot of uh, London is full of new developments, eh? but these developments in, let's say, working class uh, areas like Deptford, like Lewisham, are creating a sort of like gentrification that, because there are a lot of places that, a lot of buildings, eh? uh, most of them, uh, most of them um, residential buildings, eh? that are creating uh, Ghost areas. Ghost areas because the old flats in these blocks are sold to people living in China, living in Russia, living in Saudi Arabia. People that are not going to live in London. People that buy these uh, flats here in London um, as an investment. Right. And uh, so and so you see these like huge new areas completely empty completely you know the, mm, without life in a way and cafes and you know restaurants and uh, supermarkets they don't hire the, the the you know the the ground floor spaces because they know that no one is going to live there mm-hmm. so the business is going to fail so and you can see that in in a lot of uh, areas in, in 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 London and people that actually live in London, work in London, cannot afford a house because the you know prices are still like super high. Right. And this is something wrong. This is something that doesn't really work in a way. And so people, so and basically you have like zone one, zone two in London that are full of you know empty areas and people that live in london they are always you know pushed to zone three zone four not just because you know the the, the prices for flats or uh, houses are lower but because you know they, they these big developers they they need space to build these uh, to build these big blocks this is something that i think that should be uh, regulated by Councils and I don't know, government and yeah. D- does the sort of architecture community do they kind of vocalise that? I, I, I'm asking in the sense that presumably, actually, that that damages well their community as well, right? Because you're not you're not creating things that are necessarily yeah. But in a way, um, sorry, sorry. Ed. Oh no, no. I'll, I, it was just that uh, to my mind, at least, it, it would seem that. If you've got a situation like that, you're not going to have the same sort of turnover. I'm just thinking purely for the architect's business, because you know if you've got these ghost places, they also don't get they don't get used, and therefore they don't generate any sort of new properties that you might have to develop to meet any kind of needs. They're just sort of preserved in a strange way. I would say that the. Um... I would say that this is more an issue like society issue more than this this uh, this trend uh, in a way is good for architecture companies because you know we design the building we get paid and there would be you know another building in another area from another developer that right you know so for us it's work basically no it's a new project. I'm, 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 I'm saying that this more from. I always struggle, you know, to keep, 
to keep a balance between being an architect and being a Londoner because you know most of the time you know this um, uh, well it's a clash uh, you know so from 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 an you know from an architectural point of view that you know from for a for a company that's you know that's another building so that means that that's another job sure i was talking more about you know a, a society point of view you know people living here people working here people that want to buy a house this is i think the 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 main issue not for architectural companies because actually that's in a way it's good for them because it's not a job yeah well we're almost out of time but i do have uh, the last question that i always ask uh, people the setup is that you i'm afraid can no longer be an architect uh, you haven't been fired you've just decided to do something different uh, but i'm going to offer you three different jobs and what i would like to know is which if any uh, you would like. I mean, they might all be completely unsuitable, but which is the the least bad, perhaps? Um, but why? What is it about you that you think uh, makes you suitable for these, or makes you interested in these, that sort of thing? You can get all of the qualifications and skills that you need to do the, to do these jobs. Don't worry. We're not just going to so push my job, you into it. My um, top like three jobs, apart from ah yes, but I, I'm going to offer you them. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to just let you choose. I'm going to offer you them. They might all be terrible for you. My first job, I think I'm going to choose something completely different. You could be a hairdresser. That's that's one option. The other option is to work in construction. So uh, not in terms of being an architect, but maybe uh, being a sort of a site manager or somebody on-site, an on-site engineer who's actually constructing buildings. And then the third one, I think, just very different again, a doctor. And you can choose the specialization if you want, but uh, those right. are your three options. Uh, a hairdresser, working in construction, or being a doctor. Being an hairdresser for me would, would be really difficult because I'm bald, I don't have hair. So I think that... Um, I you don't do. have to cut your own hair, you can cut uh, someone else's. True, true, but I, I'm not really specialised in the field because, you know, at least... Okay. <laughs> um, Construction manager actually would be amazing because I've always been interested in uh, the the construction part of the building. So I would love that, actually. Okay. The third one, you said the doctor. Um, doctor is a bit... I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of uh, hospitals and, um, and, you know... Non- it would be really hard for me. Okay, so so a site manager, you think? Site manager, yeah, but it's, in a way, it's it's a bit the same the same field that I'm working on now, so it's not it wouldn't be a big change. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> I should have chosen something completely different, but I had to I had to give a slight. True, 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 true. Well, uh, thank you for talking to me, uh, Antonio. It's been really, really interesting. Um, thanks so much for giving me your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks once again to Antonio for speaking with me. I really enjoyed having a chat. I thought it could have gone on quite a bit longer, but uh, uh, for brevity's sake, we should have probably kept it the length it is. Um, Apologies about the the few little um, issues with sound. Uh, Some of these things are just inevitable when you're uh, talking to someone uh, remotely. Not much to say, to be honest. Uh, I think it pretty much speaks for itself. Of course, in terms of the podcast, 
Uh, if you want to be interviewed, then please do get in touch at and what do you do podcast at gmail.com. If you want to see all the other episodes, listen to all the other episodes, I mean, along with some blog posts that I put up to accompany them, uh, it's just andwhatdoyoudo.co.uk. I do also have Instagram and Twitter, and you can access them through that. Once again, I'm not really doing very much with them at the moment, apart from linking to other episodes, but, you know, check it out, follow, like, subscribe, review. I don't really know what you do with any of this stuff, so, um, well, just do what you feel like, basically. I'll be back again uh, with some more episodes as soon as possible. But until then, take care. Speak soon. Mm -hmm.